Glory be to God. Good morning, church. How are you today? I can't hear you. How are you today? Happy Palm Sunday. And as Jesus made his triumphant entry into Jerusalem, I believe he has a triumphant entry in your heart. Hallelujah. By the special grace of God, my name is Sister M. I'm an evangelist under my father in the Lord, Prophet T.B. Joshua, who, if not for him, I don't know where I would be today. I give all the glory to God because God has continued to use him to develop us, to raise new generation. To raise generations that want to do the will of God. And I pray that his strength and his struggle in my life will not be in vain. In Jesus' name. You may be seated in God's presence. Yes. I pray that as we go into this message today, that the Holy Spirit will find your heart. I pray he will plant these words into your heart. I pray he will water it in your heart. So that you may steadfastly trust in it and live by it in Jesus' name. Remember we were once tiny embryos in our mother's womb. We were once embryos in our mother's womb. But today, look at what we have become. Men, women of substance. But my question is, I'm sorry if it's too early, but I have a question. My question is, who can tell me when life began? Take a reflection back and reflect and see if you can discover or tell me when your life began or when you believe your life began. Yeah, come. Thank you, Ma. Good morning, George. I believe my life began the very day my mother gave birth to me with a tap from the doctor's hand. <laughs> I believe my own life began from the very first day my mother gave birth to me in this world with a welcome tap from the doctor. Okay, thank you, Ma. I believe my life began the day I was formed in my mother's womb. Okay, one more person. I believe my life began the day I knew Christ. Thank you. Hallelujah. 
Let's clap for them. Yes, we are seeing different perspectives of when each person's life began. But I'm going by the message of our father in the Lord, Prophet T.B. Joshua, where he says, life begins with a doctor slap on our backside. Life begins with a doctor slap on our flesh. But remember that when you were in the womb, when you were in the womb, your mother would naturally sense your need. Your mother would naturally sense your need. When you are hungry in the womb, she would be hungry. But the moment you are delivered, you must cry to get your needs met. The moment you come out of the womb, crying becomes the order of the day. In other words, life is full of trouble. As long as we have flesh, we have trouble. As long as we have flesh, we have trouble. And you know that trouble will not require an invitation before it comes. The book of Job 14 verse 1 says, Man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. It means that whether your skin is as smooth as butter or as rough as the skin of a crocodile, to dust we came and to dust we shall return. As long as you have flesh, you have trouble. Now, when we look at all this, it means that the spirit gives life, but the flesh counts for nothing. John 6, 63. The spirit gives life, and the flesh counts for nothing. The flesh can be translated to mean senses. And the battle we will face in our daily walk with God is with our senses. What we see, what we hear, what we read, what our circumstances look like, what people do or say concerning us. As long as we are learning to live in this natural world, the battle we will continue to face is with our senses. And this would lead me to the title of the message, Learning to Live in the Natural World. Tell somebody, learning to live in the natural world. Say it again, learning to live 
in the natural world. My proof texts will be taken from that book of Romans 8, from verse 5. It says, those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. Let's go to verse 9. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you. There's a clause there. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. And let's look at verse 12. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, you put to death the misdeeds of the body you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Tell somebody, those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. The book of Galatians 5 gives us a graphic picture of the senses and the Spirit. A graphic picture of what? The senses and the spirit. Do you know that there are three main spirits in the world? God's spirit, evil spirit, your spirit. Say my spirit. My spirit. Three main spirits. God's spirit, evil spirit, my spirit. In other words, man's spirit. Because you are a spirit, you have a soul, but you live in the body. This body must choose, or this spirit rather, must choose, which is your spirit, must choose to yield to either God or Satan. This makes you a free moral agent. You must choose to yield to either God's spirit or evil spirit. The spirit of God gives life, but the flesh counts for nothing. The flesh counts for nothing. This means that the real value in ourselves is our spirit. The purpose of the flesh is to devalue our spirit. The purpose of the flesh, in other words, senses, is to devalue the essence of us, which is our spirit.
This is why you find that many who possess wealth, fame, beauty, fame, name it, properties, they continue to live in spiritual bondage of the things they possess because of fear and insecurity. Many allow the wrong influence by allowing what they see, what they read, what they hear to influence the nature of God in them. I tell you, it is a tragedy for one to base one's belief in the testimony or experience of others. When you live upon the testimony or experience of others, it can possibly lead you to anxiety. And anxiety will destroy your sense of judgment. You will not be able to differentiate between God's supply and Satan's bait. When you are tempted, when you face trials, when that prayer seemed not to be yielding to your, that prayer seemed not to be answered, you will be tempted to be anxious. And anxiety will destroy your sense of judgment. Because you will not be able to differentiate between God's supply and Satan's bait. For this reason, Jesus Christ came. John 8 says, when the Son of God sets you free, you are free indeed. Jesus meant the liberation of the spirit of man from spiritual bondage. Jesus meant the liberation of the human spirit from spiritual bondage. Jesus came to deliver us physically, spiritually, and mentally. Jesus delivers us spiritually from the hands of the enemy. He delivers us physically from disease, hunger, and wants. He delivers us mentally from being ruled by the senses and brings his spirit. When he delivers us from being ruled by the senses and brings his spirit, then we will realize as Christians that we are commanded to walk by the Spirit. Galatians 5. We are commanded to quench not the Spirit. We are commanded to grieve not the Spirit. Ephesians 4. When Jesus commands us to walk by the Spirit, my Father in the Lord, Prophet T.B. Joshua says, the best antidote against the poison of sin is to walk by the Spirit. 
Satan cannot stand the man who is under the influence of the Holy Spirit. If you are under the influence of the Holy Spirit, you are in the same manner a drunkard is under the control of wine. You will not have time to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Walk by the Spirit. Galatians 5. A Christian is commanded to quench not the Spirit. You see, the Word of God quickens our spirits and helps us to assist our sense, to govern our spirit so that we may control our senses. Which means mind management will be the first priority for the overcomer. When we respond to the word of God in obedience to it, we will live in the realm above the senses. A Christian is commanded to grieve not the spirit. Faith is manifested in the daily things around us. Faith is manifested in the small things around us. But many of us grieve the Holy Spirit with our arrogance, pride, and self-sufficiency. Yes, I can do it alone. God has given me the gift. My job is to multiply. But God can also teach you how to multiply. We grieve the spirit because of pride and self-sufficiency. By an act of faith, we fetch in grace and help from above to enable us to do that which ordinarily by ourselves we cannot do. If you believe in God in a certain matter, you must have a walk of faith in that matter. Faith relates to the invisible. Faith focuses in the realm above the senses. This is why there are two sides to life. The spiritual side, an ultimate conclusion where Satan was defeated. The physical side, where we try to figure God out with our natural minds. Two sides to life. The physical side only sees your present situation. But the spiritual side sees the truth where your true light is coming from. And if you walk in light, you will never walk in darkness. The physical side only sees your present situation, which is your present problem. Because of many situations, this has taken man's mind off his creator.
man no longer has the time to sit back in faith and listen to what God has to say. In the book of Genesis, Joseph had been given a photograph of his future. And though he encountered situations that did not guarantee God's promise for his life, he still chose to allow the Holy Spirit to choose. If you ask Joseph, he will tell you in that book of Genesis that desperation will lead a man to be tempted by his own desires, his own fleshly desires and will. Remember that Joseph had a gift of dreams. Many of us will have gifts. We can sing. We are very good in technology. We have various people with various gifts. We can dance. Joseph had a gift of dreams. When he found himself in prison, or in the pit, or in Potiphar's house, he didn't begin to look for shortcuts to say, oh, okay, anyway, God has promised me that I'll be a great person. Can I now, maybe this is how God will start. Let me see who needs me to interpret dreams. I can interpret dreams. Do you want me to interpret for you? I can interpret dreams. Remember that if you run before God, you cannot run after him. Even when he found himself in prison and he was able to interpret the dream for a servant who was set free at the end of the day, he didn't begin to look for a kiosk or a shop and say, no, now let me open a shop. Joseph the Dreamer and Sons Limited. Come, let me interpret your dream. Many of us, we figure God out with our natural minds. We want to tell the Holy Spirit how to act, what to do, where to stay, who to assist. Joseph knew that man's natural gift did not necessarily require obedience from God. But making plans without reference to God would make him guilty of the sin of arrogance and self-sufficiency. These are the ways Satan uses to lock up our spirit. These are the methods Satan will use to lock up our spirit. And when our spirit is locked up, we begin to dwell on feelings and emotions. When we begin to dwell on feelings and emotions, we will confess the word, but we will keep denying it in action. We will confess Jesus is Lord, but we will deny it in action. Do you know what I mean? Many times when situations come, 
we are used to saying, I know my God is in control. No matter what I see, is it how you cry and say it? Or some people say, well, God is in control. And everybody around you will say, ah, this person is a strong person. He's full of faith. But the moment you leave the environment of where you have people that will encourage your faith, you begin to dwell on doubt and insecurity. Many of us will say, God, drive me. I don't know how to drive. But while you are seated at the passenger seat, you keep struggling the wheel with God. God, take me. I don't know how to take myself. By the time God starts, you want to tell God where to go. It's this way. God, teach me. I don't know how to do it. By the time God starts, you will be telling the teacher what you want him to say. We confess Jesus. We confess the word, but we deny it in action. In that book of Genesis, Joseph allowed the will of the Spirit. He made himself humble before the Spirit of God. Now look at your own life. How many times do you want to tell the Holy Spirit what to do? Or maybe you discover a little gift in you. You begin to capitalize on it. Forgetting that without the grace of God, without the influence of the Holy Spirit, you are nothing. In 1 Samuel, let's look at the life of David. David depended upon God's spirit when he wanted to fight Goliath. He depended upon God's spirit for strength and assistance, laying his soul under God's influence and operation. He depended upon God, laying his soul under God's influence and operation. You are a free moral agent. David did not only refuse to use the weapon he was not used to. But in his confrontation with Goliath, he did not stand in his own name. You know what he said? He said, you come against me with sword spare javelin but I come against you in the name of the God of the armies of Israel whom you defied 
when we face our challenges, many of us will come in our name. We stand in our name. I have a little demonstration. I want somebody who feels he is the tallest person here. Or rather, two people who feel they are the tallest person. Can they please come out? And one who feels maybe you are the shortest person somehow. Oh, thank you, our brothers. You feel you are the tallest person here? Definitely. Are you the tallest person here? Certainly, yes. And you, sir, eh, madam? Yes. You are? I'm the shortest person. Hallelujah. <laughs> okay, for the glory of God, I have a little demonstration here. And this is you and I. This is man's spirit. This, you are not evil, is evil spirits. And the person here, not you, just a demonstration, is the Holy Spirit. Remember, the title of the message is Learning to Live in the Natural World. Now, this is what we do every time in confrontation with our situation. This is our situation. Think of, imagine any situation you could be in. That's our situation. And that is the helper, the one whom Jesus Christ has sent to teach us what to do and how to fight our battles. Now, let's see what happens. You want to fight me? Come over here, let me deal with you. Okay, you want to fight me, Shay? You want to fight me? Okay, I will deal with you. Just... Okay. Okay, you want to fight me, right? You want to fight me? Okay, I will do. Just be patient. Just be patient. I will do. Just watch my back. Watch my. Hold on. Just watch my back. You want to fight? I will do with you. Just watch my back. Just watch my back. I will do with you. You want to fight me? I will do with you. I will beat you up. You want to fight me? Don't worry. This is you and I. That is why even in our weakness, the Holy Spirit is there to help us. We want to do it ourselves. We want to fight the battle. We keep telling the Holy Spirit, wait, wait. When I need you, I will call you. Whereas you can't even face the giants. You can't face your situation. Thank you very much. God bless. Thank you. Um, we could call our people to get the altar fruits. Please come forward. And the people who answered the questions as well. Come and take your gifts. By grace. us look look this is us for you that is you and I man spirit 
this is how we run our daily life our spiritual walk with God we keep telling the Holy Spirit wait when I go just stand at my back how long will you continue this we will remain spiritual babies if we have not learned to act on the spirit of God's leading we will continue to wear spiritual diapers we will continue to confess the word but deny it in action people of God at this time faith relates to the invisible our hearts must become sensitive to the Spirit of God so that we can become useful instruments the only way we can become sensitive is to relieve our spirit of any weight any burden upon our spirit we should relieve our spirit so that the Holy Spirit can dwell in the Holy Spirit can give us direction instruction and revelation remember the Holy Spirit was present at creation he is the force behind the rebirth of any true Christian and he gives us power in our spiritual walk with God the Holy Spirit knows your tempter he knows the questions on the test he will give you every accurate answer us in our prayer life remember prayer is a force and without God's backing without the sanction of the Holy Spirit your prayer goes nowhere God's Spirit must join with our spirit to declare that we are children of God is not necessarily saying words many of us we can write the whole wall in the auditorium with prayer points we can stand for hours praying oh Lord Jesus my father in the Lord says as the book of Romans 8 declares that we do not know how to pray the Holy Spirit prays within us with groans that our words cannot express. Do you know what I mean by groans? Oh. <clears throat> you are praying. If their action is genuine, the Holy Spirit will affect it. when Daniel found himself in the lion's den his words were groans groans that his words could not express how many of us can find ourselves in front of a big python and you start praying oh shakalaba that fear alone the fear of what you is what is before you will, will take the prayer and disappear pray 
we do not know how to pray. The Holy Spirit prays within us with groans that even our words cannot express. The three Hebrew men prayed with groans that their words could not express when they found themselves in the fiery furnace. That was why they said, we don't have a defender. God is our defender. We have a defender. God is our defender. They declared it. God is our defender. Whatever you king want to do, whatever you choose to do to us, do it. In this season, people of God, in this period of Easter, the key will not be to continue to suppress the flesh, but to surrender to the Spirit. Because whatever you do, if it is not in spirit, it is not in truth. And so, it is all nothing. If we do not worship or serve a God who is a spirit in the spirit, our worship becomes defective. Our prayer life becomes defective. Our services becomes defective. We miss the end of worship. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. I want to enjoin you to begin to surrender to the Spirit. Yield to the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Right now, let us stand up on our feet as you declare this with me. Oh, Holy Spirit, we'll welcome you today. Welcome the Holy Spirit into your heart. Feel us with your presence as we give you the praise. Lord, we are your temple for you. you
Thank you very much.